Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You know what it is, episode 74, for the love of the game, let's roll. <laughs> oh, yeah, yo, I'm the fella with the perpetual oyster bars, mother of pearl delivery, voice of God, and it's hard just being the boss, B, and I can't go to jail because them years have cost me. Don't get me wrong, lay something down if you force me. I'd rather just sit back and roll a Dutch. Think about how I'm going to put the game in the Cobra clutch. Think about how I'm going to get the game over customs. Never underestimate killers or overtrust them. Uh, yeah, them M's is right in my face. I just got to throw my Tim's on and tighten my lace. If it don't jam, the tech will spray. When I spit, everybody got to split like pepper spray because I'm a brother that hate to settle. Now my Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It is your boy ATH back behind the mic, kinda. I mean, not actually behind the mic per se. I'm coming to you from my childhood bedroom in Great Neck, New York. The studio is shut down for the time being. So we're doing this remote because while the world is pretty much grinded to a halt due to this coronavirus, the show must go on. The people need some content. And so it is my job, it is my duty to give the people what they want, what they need, what they deserve, and get them through uh, some crazy times like this. Now, it's really hard to talk about sports right now because, well, there's really nothing to talk about because sports is not on it much. I mean, we will be talking about NFL free agency tonight. Uh, I've got two guests, both of whom are recurring guests. So we're making lemonade out of lemons, people. A couple of things before we get into NFL free agency. Obviously, given the current nature of things, news about the latest coronavirus updates moves uh, fast, super fast, but yet not fast enough, it seems like. The ramifications for businesses and sports and really everybody is way more than, than what meets the eye, than what we think about at the surface. We're all scrolling through Twitter way more than usual. Shit, according to my iPhone, my screen time was up 10% this week, and honestly, I'm shocked it was only 10%. But yeah, you scroll through Twitter and everyone wants to be the first to react to give a take. And as great as Twitter has been in a time like this, it also has highlighted just how ridiculous the media and basically all people are now in terms of how quickly they want to make a judgment, especially regarding decision makers in positions of power. And I'm not even talking about our, our government. And the longer the situation lingers... It is clear to me that sports is a parallel for everyday life. And you know, my favorite guy in sports media right now is Ryan Rossillo. I think he's the best guy in the business right now when it comes to being a serious analyst, having a sense of humor, basically the full package. And he had a rant about sports media people and reactions regarding the compensation plans for arena workers in the NBA who don't have anything to do right now. And I'm going to play it because it really applies to everything uh, and not just sports in today's current landscape. I want to follow up on media members um, that I have a problem with. I know that's a shocking development, but this is, <laughs> so, this is, no, but this is so off and just wrong. And I'm going to try to help people that can't understand this. Kevin Love donating, Blake Griffin donating, Steph Curry, Giannis. I know there's some other names that are forgetting. Awesome, man. I mean, incredible. Uh, today's NBA player is probably as good as anyone in pro sports when it comes to like kind of paying it forward. They really are. Like these, these are, 
like some of these draft classes, it's amazing every year. I'll be like, you know what? I keep hearing how amazing every one of these dudes are. Like you just don't hear about that many bad guys. The league has so many good guys in it. So that inevitably leads to the people that see a donation from Kevin Love and within minutes try to find a way to be negative about it. And congratulations because so many of you have done this. And again, that's about ownership. I never root for the billionaires, okay? I don't root for owners in any CBA. Um, you think I'm rooting for NFL owners during this CBA thing? Absolutely not, but the NFL players have almost no chance in any negotiation against these guys. So when a player donates, it's immediately followed by, what about the owners? Here's the thought process. Put yourself through this scenario. Hey, I own one of the 30 NBA teams. I have thousands of people that work for me beyond the players or a thousand people that are dependent upon the revenue that comes in through all of these games. I may share a building with another franchise like we have here in Los Angeles, multiple franchises. Is it okay if I get more than say six fucking hours to satisfy your need for a perfect compensation plan? It's so absurd, Bill. It's absurd. And I said immediately, I'm like, man, is there any way we can give these guys a day? And guess what? Almost everybody is stepping up. And I guarantee you there won't be, well, I can't guarantee it, but I'm sure there'll be maybe one owner that we hear about later on that didn't really kick them. The owners, so far, it seems like everybody's going to be taken care of. All right? And because it didn't happen within hours after a few players decided who can then go ahead and do it on their own. First of all, if the owners had said immediately, hey, here's exactly the plan, then you know the same people would tear the plan apart and be like, oh, what about the parking attendants? Like, why don't you do that? And then when I had said, hey, can we give it a day? Can we give it a day? It was like, Mark Cuban didn't need a day. Like, Mark Cuban was on TV in the moment as this whole thing was happening and the season was suspended. And Mark Cuban, who I like, like, that was Mark Cuban 101. Like, hey, I'm on camera. I'm, I'm ready to go. And hey, we're going to... He didn't come up with a plan. He just made a statement that they're going to compensate all these people. People are going to be compensated. It didn't happen as fast as Twitter needed it to happen. And another thing, for those that were critical of the NCAA, which is everybody's favorite topic, the tournament hadn't started yet, and people were asking if it to be canceled hours after the NBA suspended their season at the time. And guess what the NBA, the NCAA it ended up saying, hey, this thing's just straight up canceled now. We're not even suspending this. And then the same people that were critical that they didn't suspend the tournament immediately were then mad that they canceled it instead of suspending it. These people are out there saying these things. All I'm saying is that in the face of something that is unprecedented in history, a disruption unlike anything that we've ever seen, is it okay to let some really important people gather the information that's constantly changing, by the way, and try to come up with the best plan to take care of the most people? What they come up with will not be perfect, but to spend your time constantly criticizing these people before they even know what they want to do and how to execute it seems like a pattern that I am incredibly tired of. That was well said. I mean, I could have said it any better. What we're dealing with right now is not like anything we've ever seen. So let's just let things play out and stop being so quick to judge all the time because honestly, Every solution is not going to be perfect, but some things are just, you know, I should say something is better than nothing. So everybody, don't be so quick to judge and let things play out. Now, there's the opposite of that, too, whether it was the public shaming of the 76ers owners for possibly cutting salaries. And I'm sure they weren't the only owners who were thinking this or it was at the NCAA for telling Trevor Lawrence that his GoFundMe for coronavirus victims was against NCAA rules. Now, those situations were ridiculous and deserved ridicule, and both the Sixers and the NCAA walked back their stances. But yeah, in general, we should take Rosillo's rant to heart and act accordingly. 
So maybe there's a little optimism. Recently, Mark Cuban, uh, who's been one of the faces of the NBA throughout all of this, uh, said that he has a growing confidence that the NBA will be able to return to playing games, hopefully by middle to late May. Now the games will start out without fans, and that's going to be a little weird. But hey, like I said before, it's better than nothing. Baseball, according to Jeff Passan, is working on a plan for June with many doubleheaders involved to maximize the number of games. Now, again, there's nothing, nothing's going to be perfect, but the sooner we get out of this, uh, the sooner we get back to um, a little bit of normalcy and we realize that certain solutions, as I said, aren't going to be perfect, but something, as again, is better than nothing. We'll stop being so, being so angry about those things. They're not yet perfect. So let's hope Mark Cuban is right. One last quick thing on the NBA before I forget. Now, the NBA may have fallen ass backwards into something due to the current situation, and it's actually going to be super beneficial to them later down the road. I mean, Adam Silver wants to do everything possible to restart the NBA season and have a regular season and the playoffs, not just go straight into the playoffs. We'll see how that all goes. It really all depends. Now, the season would probably go into late August if needed. I was uh, listening to Bill Simmons, and he said that um, – there's kind of a deadline for the NBA season to be done by Labor Day. Uh, obviously, that will affect the start of next season. The logic is that the NBA would tip off next season starting Christmas Day and then go till July. So it would limit how much the NBA competes with the NFL for the first couple of months. I actually think this would be great for the NBA because they could really own the summer since baseball has become largely a regional sport, not a national sport like the NBA is. This really may benefit the NBA in the long run. And we'll still see how things transpire since we're kind of at the mercy of the news and what the health professionals tell us to do and what the best course of action is. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, one last thing, just to go back to a previous episode I did, Jimmy Kimmel on the Bill Simmons podcast, well, basically confirmed what I said that LeBron James wasn't at the Kobe Bryant memorial service. So everybody who reached out to me and said I was too harsh on LeBron and my rant was off base. Well, what do you know? I was right. Because he wasn't there, which wasn't okay. I'm, I'm right as usual. Another thing about LeBron, though, was on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. He was actually quite insightful on the road tripping podcast with Richard Jefferson and Shannon Fry about playing in front of no fans. Uh, it was a pretty good listen. I suggest if you have some time, which most of us do, uh, take a listen and uh, listen to what LeBron had to say. I mean, LeBron... He continues to be an enigma when he goes in front of a microphone. Sometimes he's super insightful. Sometimes he's incredibly tone deaf. Anyway, with that said, let's talk a little NFL free agency with some recurring guests in just a moment. Okay, I teased it a little bit earlier. There's a lot of uh, NFL news, NFL free agency. But the big news, as you all know, is uh, Tom Brady, Captain America, is no longer on the New England Patriots. So I had to bring back recurring guest Zach Weiner, one of the 2% or I should say 3% of people associated with Boston who's not absolutely terrible. Zach. What's going on? What a time. What How a are you time. holding up? I, this is tough on extroverts. I'll tell you that much. I just want to hug somebody. Dude, no, no sports on TV. Brady is not a patriot. I mean, I'm glad you're still here to talk to me. 
Yeah, listen, I, I I told you I once once the news was official, wherever he was, obviously we all thought it would be New England, but I told you I'd be back. So I'm a man of my word. I've always been. Here I am. Let's uh, let's talk about it. I was legitimately nervous about your well-being. But anyway, let's talk about it. So the news breaks. Um, the way the news broke was a little interesting. He announced on Twitter and, and Instagram that he wasn't returning to the Patriots before he officially signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then two days later, he's a Buccaneer. What was your initial reaction when he released the memo saying that he was not going to be a Patriot? So right before that, uh, I'll just back up a little bit. Right before that, the Titans um, gave Tannehill the extension. And um, I never thought he was going to go to Tannehill. I never thought he'd go anywhere. But um, that kind of solidified. Neither did I, by the way. We're on record saying that he was going to return just a couple of weeks ago. Exactly. So – um, I like once he, the Titans announced it, like that was somehow a rumor um, because of Vrabel and whatever it was. So I, my brother and I were both like, the, you know, that's it. He's staying in New England. And um, so I woke up to the news. Actually, I woke up to like 700 text messages. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the I'm like the token Bostonian for all my uh, Patriot hater friends. And um, I yeah, it, it was pretty upsetting. And, and, and I, like. I was upset, and then and then he signed with Tampa. You know, it took a few days, um, and I, I just like well. So first, I'll just talk about I'll talk about my initial reaction. I stand by what I said the last time I was on your show, and I will always say it. And that is that if you hate the Patriots, you should you should you should have wanted um, Brady to sign to stay with the Patriots. You want to hate him, so. And it's the same way I feel about Kobe. I never wanted Kobe to ever be anywhere but the Lakers. I never wanted Jeter to be anywhere with the Yankees. I th- I would have thought it was weird if Eli left the Giants. Like there there are certain people that belong on the team that they they started on. And after 20 years, you should just want to continue hating Brady. He only had a couple of years left, anyways. Um, so that's kind of how I felt. I was like, you know, I, 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 he's clearly on the, on a downturn. He's been down the last couple of years. Um, and I am just very grateful, obviously, how could I not be, um, for the last 20 years. And it was a little upsetting that he wasn't, you know, um, he wasn't staying, but, um, if I'm allowed to fast forward a little bit to when he actually signed with Tampa, I just, I didn't then, and I still don't now, I just don't really understand the move. I don't really see it as a good move by him. And that therefore makes it a little easier um, to take, I guess, but I just don't, I don't think it's a good move. I think it's weird. Um, and he's taking and he, good for him. He's taking a risk and that's what he wants to do, but he's taking a huge risk of, you know, uh, basically the end of his career looking like, you know, Brett, Brett Favre or Michael Jordan, the way they ended. And that's just a sad thing to think about. Well, a, cu- a couple of things. Um, you mentioned that as a Patriots hater, um, <clears throat> that I should want Brady to stay there. Yeah, obviously you want icons to stay with one team, but I'm I'm also as a football fan intrigued because we're going to get to this a little bit later between you know who what who was more responsible for the Patriots dynasty, right? It was it was is it Belichick or is it Brady? And now we're not really going to find out because Brady's on the on the you know back nine, I should say back three of his career. Yeah. But it, it will be interesting to see him without Belichick, right? And and Belichick's getting older. Like, it, 
we won't know because neither of them were in their primes without each other. But it, it will be Correct, nice to but, see him without. But you Belichick. know, but but you know that if if Belichick somehow goes eleven and five, you know, with Jared Stidham at QB one, then that's it. Like then the argument's over. Yeah, he already I, did it. He went eleven and five at Matt Castle. He went three and one with Jacoby Brissett and half of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and so, like, he Belichick's kind of proven already. He also won a division with the Browns. You know, let's not forget that. that that's um, correct. That and is so, correct. and Brady, I don't think there's anything you can judge on Brady, like, because Brady last year just really didn't look like himself, which makes sense, obviously. Um, so if he goes to Tampa and like kind of stinks, like, what are we gonna say? We're, like, he's still gonna be the greatest ever, you know? So like, yeah. you know, what are you gonna do? So it's just a weird. It's a weird thing to do. Um, he's going to get his his dick sucked so much over the next year or two from everywhere. Um, he's going to have way more control in Tampa than he, than he had in, in New England. Whether that's a good thing or not, it remains to be seen. And then all of the Patriot haters um, who in the national media are just going to love him for the first time. So that's, that's like, a, it's a theory. It's not the theory. It's a theory of why he did this, just um, to, like, to get some positivity. Like, even, like, the Max Kellermans of the world. Like, Max Kellerman hasn't discussed the cliff uh, since this move was made, you know? So um, I, I think it's, he's, you know, I feel bad. He's going to go out with a, potentially with a, he's going to potentially go out with a, a glimmer. I don't know, but... I think the the Tampa situation's great for him. Uh, he's got a know. solid offensive line. He's got two big time wide receivers. He's got good tight ends. He's got a coach that's exceedingly quarterback friendly in Bruce Arians. Um, you know, I, the numbers were down last year. And I'm not convinced. I, I'm really not. I, like I think everyone's blinded by Mike Evans. I, I'm just, I'm not convinced about this Tampa team. Well, it's Mike Edwins and Godwin, and and listen, yeah. he's for sure better than Jameis. Oh no, this is an upgrade. This is an upgrade just in terms of brain power for Tampa. This is going to be. It's. It, 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 listen, I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying this is a mistake from Tampa's point of view. If you're Tampa, you take this. You you have you you know you have one you have one to two years of Tom Brady, and your franchise is significantly better. For years to come after this, I'm just speaking from Brady's point of view. I, I don't really get it. But uh, okay, so you know me. I'm a Ryan Rosillo junkie, right? Yeah, yeah. I I think he's basically right about almost anything, everything. He made a great point. It's like at a certain point, Belichick does things a certain way, right? He's always had the history of getting rid of people too early before it's too late, right? Three, yep. Two years too early rather than two years too late, right? And he's done that across the board, no matter where you were on the pecking order. Correct. I mean, and it Tom was Brady's dad. Brady's dad said that. He was like, what he said this right. years ago, like 10 years ago. He's like, when the time comes, Belichick is not going to, uh, is not going to, um, you know, he's not going to play favorites and he will it's let Brady right. go. And it's going to end I like poorly. That. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm okay with but that. I, I, but I appreciate Brady, you know, sticking up for him at a certain point himself, I should say, for a certain point. Like, dude, I know what you do, but A, I've taken pay cuts so you can improve the team. And last offseason, you didn't really 
address certain needs on the offense, specifically wide receiver. Well, the Antonio Brown thing was a mess, but or tight end. You didn't address that. And B, it's like, I'm not just like some special teamer, right? I'm Tom Brady. I- I'm the icon of the league. Like, but that's, but that's not how Belichick that operates. That's just not how Belichick does Fine. it. Fine. And, and you I, know what? But, okay but I'll, appreciate I'll, Brady, I'll appreciate Brady for saying, sure. fuck you, yeah, man. No, no. I'm Brady, out. Brady, so I, it reminds me of um, Isaiah Thomas. Um, he came out with a Players' Tribune article where he said – um, and he and it was the first time I ever thought about it, and and I and I I was like, oh, you know, he made a good point. He was basically saying how whenever a player leaves a team, all the fans are like, oh, what a traitor, what a traitor, what a traitor. But the fans don't, you know, really give a shit so much when they're traded away. Like, where's the loyalty on that side from fans? So, uh, I, like, I, Brady doesn't owe the Patriots anything. He's given them everything, right? I, I just think, like, I look at Brady's contract. I, you know, again, I, I worship the ground Brady walks on, but I, I don't want the. I don't want the Patriots giving him thirty million a year for two years. That's how you murder a franchise. Yeah, but the NFL, the NFL is not like the NBA in that respect because it moves so fast that that teams, and this is a testament to how great the Patriots have been over the last twenty years. I mean, it's unprecedented. But like, you see teams fluctuate from being top of their division to bottom feeders, right? We've, yeah. we've seen that. You can change really quickly. So a contract like that. For the Patriots, really wasn't going to to cripple them like it would say the Kobe Bryant contract, his last contract for the Lakers, because that set them back eight years. So it's a uh, yeah. little different in that respect. No, that's that's true, but I, you know, it, it, I I just think it remains to be seen. Like it, that's it's a lot of money and a lot of cap space. It's one of the it's 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 basically the reason why they didn't hold on to Garoppolo longer. Because had they franchised Garoppolo, um, 51% of their cap right. space would have been to Brady and Garoppolo, which you just can't do. You can't right, but they like but that, they so. didn't have but but they didn't have that Garoppolo level contract or talent. They don't have that in, in the wings right now, so it's a different right. circumstance. It's for sure, for sure. But you but then you can also say that Belch, but like it, it, you could you could also say is Brady right now a 30 million dollar a year talent. He's not. Just, I'm just saying, like, I'm, no. I'm but to, to the New England I'm, I'm Patriots to, for next year, he may be. Maybe. No, because you're right. Because no, we're going to get to that in a second. Because what other options do you have? What I'm other trying, options do you have? You, the option that they have, or what it seems to be, is development. That's what it is. They're they're now onto development. So that's actually a good segue, and we're going to get to that in a second. But before that, um, you know, Boston has an interesting uh, relationship with the media. Um, yep. I would say. Now, Seth Wickersham, who's been an insider for the Patriots, who moved more national, has been on this for for years, right? That this has been brewing since the um, the Eagles Super Bowl loss with the Patriots. Correct. And he's been on record at this for a while. And my guy Rosillo, not to quote him all the time, but we quote him again, is saying, you know, you can have conflict and still win and be ho-hum, buddy-buddy, and lose, right? Like, you don't have to be buddy-buddy to win. And no, but here's you what happened. internal conflict but Wickersham, to win. So my- Wickersham's story painted this picture that they, they can't stand each other anymore. And, and 
and by the, it was a, it was the biggest BS story first of all because they just they lost the Super Bowl by one score. They were like one or two plays away from from winning the Super Bowl, and then it was like everything fell apart. They can't stand each other. They can't stand to be away from each other. The only thing I believe from that story is when you work with someone for 20 years just think about all the people in an office you've ever been in when they work together for 10 20 years it's like there are the parts of the relationship it's like a marriage there are parts of the relationship that are rocky and weird and you know i have that in my own office there are people in my company that have been together for 20 25 years i'm with people i've been in my company for three years i have people that i'm like i'm rocky towards after three years let alone let alone 20 but I, I've, I've been always- i've been at my day job for Six months now, there's one guy I legitimately can't stand. Exactly. So it's not it's not about can't stand, but it's just about like it becomes a way of life and the way, you know, different things get on your nerves that maybe didn't, you know, the first day or whatever it was or the first year. I, I, Brady's always going to – Brady and Belichick are always going to respect each other. They're always going to consider each other to be the greatest ever. Um, and, like, I don't, I don't think – like, the Wickersham article played it off like there was animosity and they, they can't stand each other. Which is, I just thought that was bullshit. There were no sources. There were no nothing. But then the, the Well, media, he's the, the source. The he's on the, the inside. Okay, but, but who is he uh, – like, so he, that's what he's saying. So he – so because I'm on the inside and I have no one else and I can't name anybody, then he, he just has a right to just make this story. I, I, I don't buy that. I can't stand that. And then what, what he has, what he has is the rest of the country wants to believe something like that because they, they want to hate the Pats. So they want to believe something like that. So everyone ran with it. And then anytime the Patriots lost, they're like, oh, it's because Brady and Belichick don't get along. I mean, give me a break. And then they well, went. Yeah, the I don't way. think so whenever the they off season, the entire offseason was they can't stand each other. They can't stand each other. They can't stand each other. And then they went and they won the Super Bowl. That okay, fine. That I agree with, but like I do think there was animosity brewing when Belichick basically started with the Flategate, where Belichick was like wanted to wipe his hands clean and not defend no, Brady as much no, as he did. That's not what happened. I think it's Kraft, I think that's legit. Kraft struck a deal. Kraft thought he struck a deal and then got screwed by the NFL. And, and instructed Belichick to just go and coach the team. If you watch any interviews um, with Belichick, I'll send, I'll send you one of them. If you ask, uh, first of all, Belichick had plenty of press conferences where he was like, this is ridiculous and, um, and like Brady's innocent. I can send you those too. But uh, regardless, any interviews since the Playgate, though, like I remember this one he did from like a bar in Annapolis and she was like, we're going to play word association. I'm going to say something and you say, you say the first word that comes to mind. She goes, Aaron Hernandez. And he goes, tragedy. And then he go- she goes, um, Deflategate. And he goes, ridiculous. Like, Belchick was on his side. And, and, and they won the Super Bowl that year. I mean, what are we doing here? Yes, it's but again, but, but I, I do Sham think... a huge loser. I don't know. That may be true, but like... Let me tell you. So you said... He was honest could... for years. Like, he was right. What does it mean he's honest? He wasn't right. He had the story for for a year what and a half story? that he was going to bounce. Oh, okay. So I'll give him that. I'll give him that. But that's like that's like that's like you, Tobin. That's like you saying over and over again: the pat, the dynasty's over. They win. Well, the it is over. They win. The dynasty's over. They win. Then then the dynasty's over. They lose, and Brady's gone. You're like, oh, see, I was right. I was right. I was right. No, yo, you were wrong for forever. So Wickersham, Wickersham, the same way is constantly like just making like it's like fucking uh, Max Kellerman. Saying cliff, cliff, cliff. Oh cliff, no, cliff, I don't think. Oh, come on, that's not that's not the same. 
It's, of course, it's the same. So Wickersham just made Wickersham made a uh, a prediction years before, and if if Wickersham was wrong, then he's wrong, and people like rip on him for it. And if he's right, he gets to dance and celebrate it. That's, I'm not impressed by a prediction like that. No, he, he, he his story he's sucked. Got, he's a loser. Yeah, but... His story sucked. Because you don't you don't like the result, but it was no, it was so, it, it was, was a dumb, it, 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 dead on. It, it, it's a dumb story with no sources, and you just get to say I'm on the inside, so I know. But like Mike Reese is also on the inside; he's not saying things like that. So uh, you know, t- uh, Tim uh, Tommy Curran, he's on the inside; he's not saying things like that. His Wicker Sham would just—he threw a hail mary. I, 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 I don't I don't respect that that kind of journalism. What I will say to you is, so you 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 brought up Ryan Rosillo, so I'll bring up my guy. Kirk Minahan, who used to do for years uh, every Monday morning an interview with Brady. So Minahan is on the record saying many, many, many times, and he's been talking about it this week a little bit too, that he, lo- he, he thinks Brady's a great guy, really nice guy, really classy guy. But the one thing about Brady that he was always at odds with is that Brady is just obsessed with positivity and and he couldn't he, he never wanted tough questions. So the big story was this whole Alex, Alex Guerrero thing. Um, so in TB12, so when that all came up, Brady never liked when Minahan would ask him questions about it and they were always at odds. So Minahan has a theory that this goes back to what I said earlier, um, with you, Aaron, that again, it's just a theory, but basically that, that the, the New England media is just so negative that they're always looking to pounce, always looking to create negative stories. So Brady now has a chance for one year or two years to go and just play football, take on a new challenge. And he's going to have all this positivity and everyone's going to be loving him and it's going to be amazing and it's going to be this incredible honeymoon again and and everything's going to be great. So I'm not saying I believe that theory 100 percent, but I do I do like the theory that that theory actually has legs because I used to listen to those interviews and you could see Brady just couldn't take the negativity. Maybe I I do think this is a little bit of a dig at Belichick, like like I just need to get away from you right now and prove Eh. I can do my own thing. He's so, gonna retire. He's gonna retire a Patriot. He's gonna sign one of those one-day contracts. He'll retire a Patriot. He'll get sure. a statue outside. Get a statue outside the stadium, and then he and Belichick are gonna be lovey-dovey for years to come. So good, yeah, good. I, I then he has my blessing. Go get, go, go get away from Belichick, and you know, do your thing. So what do the Patriots do at QB now? We teased it before. Yeah. Um, so they, what do they, they do now? Hoyer. They well, signed Hoyer, and they're gonna play Stidham. I think Stidham's gonna be the starter that, this year. Okay, so you think they're going to go into the regular season with Jared Stidham being the starting QB. Now, what do you want them to do? See, that's, I've been thinking about that ever since you asked me to come on the show. Um, and I, 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 I'm, ready to, I'm ready to watch. Like, meaning, uh, if Stidham comes out and he's just absolutely terrible, then I'll say, you know, we tried it, can't do it, and we need to, you know, figure out it. A QB situation, but I don't really have an issue. Um, you know, we still don't have any receivers. We we don't have any running game. Um, and but we don't your point, Nikhil Harry was a num- was a first round yeah. pick last year. Like I love Nick, I said, and I love him. I really do love him. Um, but he's he's not proven. He's still not proven. He had a he had a couple bad injuries. Um, so I and we still have Edelman, but. Edelman really struggled without, you know, someone else being doubled and there was no, no Gronk and no tight ends. So I, I have no issue going into the season with Stidham and letting him develop and see what he can see what he can be. So you would rather that than take a flyer on, you know, talented guys who either have had injury history like Cam Newton or who have just, you know, maybe needed LASIK surgery like Jameis Winston. 
you so rather I would take go a, in I would take, into the I would season take a restraining with order. I would take a restraining order out against Winston before I let him on the pats. Um, okay. He, that Winston's answers that problem, question. Winston's problem is in his eyes. <laughs> He's, he, well, it is and, when, when it comes to throwing the ball to the other team, but he also did throw for 5,100 yards last year. He's not, he, he has a lot of talent. He doesn't have, he's not, he's not a smart QB. We saw that in Florida State and we, we see it now in the NFL. Um, I don't think he can handle a, a playbook in New England. I don't think he can handle McDaniels or Belichick or anything like that. Cam Newton's awesome. I, I would, it, it, that would be really cool. Uh, again, I just don't know if he can handle Belichick. He's a diva. Belichick doesn't take divas, you know? So uh, I'm not sure. You want to talk about QB and coach not getting along. Might be that. <laughs> I'm not sure they'd get along. So I, I I would take a flyer on Newton. If he wants to sign a one-year deal, i take a flyer on that for sure. Um, but if they say they want to try and develop Stidham, I would I would support that as a fan. Is that with an eye on tanking next season for Trevor Lawrence? Uh, it, the only thing I'll say about – I'm anti-tanking, but the only thing I'll say is if you start 0-4 or 0-6 or whatever, then, yeah, you got to go for it. Okay, so if the Pats go into the season with Jared Stidham as their starting QB, do they win more than six and a half games? Yes. The defense, really? is, still, the defense is still very good. Um, and I believe in I believe in Belichick. We we beat the Houston Texans, who were a very good team. We beat them twenty seven nothing with Jacoby Brissett, and his thumb was was broken for a quarter and a half of that game. So um, I am I am uh, I, yeah I, I'm I'm on board. Our division still sucks, um, and the Bills I, are pretty good. They're improving. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I never buy the, – the Bills are the Bills until they're not the Bills. Same with the Browns. There, there's, there is logic to that. Um, yeah. Okay, so before <laughs> – before, I mean, track, track records speak yeah. for themselves. How do, how, do, how do you argue that? <laughs> yeah, it's really, really not much of an argument there. Um, okay, so uh, last question before I let you go. Uh, and sure. again, uh, thanks. Uh, I, I hope uh, that this was a little bit of a therapy session considering uh, everything that's it going on. Um, I appreciate it. Who wins another Super Bowl in the next three years? Brady or Belichick? If either well, is going to win, who's going to win? So I think Brady's only around for two more years. I think he, he has said for forever 45. And he and people are like, are you going to be around? And he, Brady's like, yeah, 45. So I think he's got two years left. And um, I, I'm, I have to be consistent, so I'm, I'm sticking to my consistency, which is that I don't really understand the move, and so I would choose Belichick. All right. Yeah. All right, we put it on wax. Zach, yeah. this was a pleasure, man. Uh, the pleasure's always mine. Yes, uh, glad you're hanging in there in these, uh, in these trying times, and yeah. um, we'll, we'll speak soon. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully guys go. To watch. Hopefully there's football to watch. That's all I, I can say. I, I, I'm fairly confident there'll be football to watch. Now, if the Patriots go 0-16 and draft Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to be miserable again. But uh, that's to be determined. I hope for you that they go 8-8. Eight eight. Enjoy 8-8. Oh, that that's a very Jets thing to do. Enjoy being the Jets. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, all right, be thanks good, for buddy. coming on again. You and, got uh, it. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, man. I'll see you.
So, uh, obviously, Tom Brady was the big NFL uh, offseason move, but there was a lot of other NFL free agency uh, news. And considering there's nothing else to talk about, I'm bringing back on a recurring guest, fresh off his uh, debut appearance regarding The Bachelor, Mr. Shia Elberger, back to uh, normal NFL uh, news. Shia, what's yes. going on, man? Hey, this is a much more of your topic for me. Yes. More of your expertise. I did, I, I did really enjoy The Bachelor, but. Well, we got uh, you not, sucked in. You, you're going to you're going to be all in, all in going forward. Love uh, it. I, you you I feel doing that. the wifey. <laughs> so, yeah, back to uh, more of your expertise, as I said. So uh, NFL free agency, it was QB roulette, right? Yes. It's been like NBA like in terms of the movement. So do you think the NFL likes this? I 100% think they like this. How could they not like this? Um, especially if you consider the current situation. It's literally been 99% corona and 1% NFL. And like obviously leave it up leave it to the NFL of all the sports to be able to get that 1% due to just luck and circumstance. But of course they like the uh, being in the news. They have, why would any league would want to be in the news? But there is actually is like real stuff happening. Well, I, I, I don't know, because for especially for the quarterback position, you, you'd like to think that, you know, guys stay, you know, basically in one spot because you want there to be continuity at that position more so than anything else. And this was just like nothing we've ever seen before. Yeah, but to, like the two big ones, in my opinion, are Brady and Rivers, and they were both with their teams for 15 years plus. So it's not right. as if there are these NBA guys who leave after five years in their prime to somewhere else and go again after three years is still on their prime. So I, I feel like we had pretty uh, good continuity there, and I think it's a great storyline that Brady's going to be on a different team now, and Rivers, same, but less so, obviously. But I'm with you on, on Brady, um, and I just had uh, I just had a, uh, a Patriots fan uh, on Zach Weiner to talk about the whole situation. But I'm intrigued to see what he does without Belichick. I know it's not fair to say like is it Brady or Belichick now, as I mentioned before, because they're both not in their primes anymore. They're both older, but I think it's going to be interesting nonetheless. So uh, let's segue to the uh, the best offseason move so far, in your opinion, um, that is not Brady related. So the one single move, um, I really, I think you'll probably be in agreement with this. The Bills trading for Diggs, I, I know they gave up a lot, um, but Diggs is a really, really good receiver in his prime who happens to be on a pretty um, doable contract for the team. I'm sure I'll get a, an extent. Friendly. Very team friendly. Yeah, I can think of the term. I'm sure he'll get an extension at some point, maybe. I, I don't think before the season, but maybe after the season. But still, he is really, really good. I'm a big Diggs fan, a former Maryland guy also. Um, Shout out to so the Terps. It's also just like for the Bills, it's a great fit there, I feel like, with John Brown and Cole Beasley. Um, I just think it was, a, it was a nice ad for them. Oh, and obviously the uh, Cardinals trade for Hopkins. I mean, I don't even know if we can include that in the conversation. Well, so, okay, because I do think that that was the best move so far. Um, and it's funny about the NFL 
is that a guy like Hopkins, who's one of the three best wide receivers in the league, goes for less in terms of draft assets in a trade because he's paid like like a top wide receiver. But Diggs, who's good, who has a lesser contract, can fetch a first-round pick, even though he's not nearly the player that DeAndre Hopkins is. Yeah, I think that is just really a product of the Cardinals made an awesome trade and the Bills gave up a lot for a really good player. I just, I, it's, I mean, I don't know. They got, I, David Johnson is very big question mark, obviously. And what did else did they get? A second, uh, second round pick. I don't, I don't even, it was they crazy. They got like a second or a fourth. I mean, you're telling me that. And they got the that, Texans to, to throw in a pick with Hopkins, which is the yeah, funniest part to me. The funniest part. You're telling me that the, that the Texans couldn't fetch a first for DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I know the NFL has a hard cap, but it's DeAndre Hopkins. He's right? also not, like, a top three highest paid players. Um, he might get an extension. But I guess also the Texans have to free up money for Watson coming down the line, and the Cardinals have more time with that with Kyler Murray. That could play a part. Would Watson um, even want to stay at this point? Like, I know. That, that's, I mean – it really feels like the Patriots will end up like trading for Deshaun Watson somehow. Well, um, as I said before, I, I think there's like an outside chance that the Patriots end up with Trevor Lawrence for the next 15 years. And that would just be the worst thing ever. Yeah. Um, you love that guy. Yeah. He's really good. Um, okay. So that was the best uh, off season move so far. The worst off season move so far. Um, I just think as a giants fan that nothing will beat out, the Redskins uh, signing, or not the Redskins, Miami signing Eric Flowers to ten million dollars a year. There might be a worse move. He, I don't even. I guess he was decent at guard last year for the Redskins. I. It just, That's what in my I mind, read. Numbers right, say in, that he was good, but he, I, I despise mind, Eric Flowers. Yeah. So it's just if you for four years. The funny thing was, like the first four years. It was the Giants had taken Flowers at 10 and Gurley went 11. And Gurley was having all pro seasons, leading the NFL touchdowns. Flowers was horrendous. And, like, I always lamented, like, imagine we had Gurley instead of Flowers. And then if you told me two years ago, or even last year, at this time, that in 12 months, Gurley would be just cut and Flowers would be getting $10 million a year, that, that's a crazy swap. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. I mean, that was bad. Um, I th- uh, we mentioned it before, but the Texans doing what they did, I think, was really bad. Right, Not sure right. what's oh, going on there. That's why I said earlier, like, I don't even know if we can include that trade in the conversation. It's so right. seemingly one-sided. It, it's very crazy that that actually happened. To me, the, wor- the worst offseason move was... Dallas paying Amari Cooper was not great. So I, I just, funny, yeah. I mean, they, they've been super active. They've been signing everybody underneath the sun. And I don't know how their books look the way they do and how they're able to fit these guys in, in, I just like Amari Cooper is really good, but he seems to be like the guy who plays for a contract and then is going to stink. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's it's so two things you said that are funny there. Um, one is it's like I remember even growing up feeling like the Cowboys somehow were able to afford all these guys. Everybody. Um, and then this is like in the two thousands, and then even like my parents would or my dad would say in the nineties they had Aikman and Smith and Irvin and all these guys on defense. Like, how did they afford all these people? Um, I do think something actually happened years ago where like Dallas and maybe San Francisco were fined for manipulating the salary cap in the eighties or nineties, something like that. I'm actually going to try to find it. Um, but the thing with Amari Cooper is again, it's a lot of money and I see, see your point, the contract year. He was also really good two years ago when they got him mid season and he was so young when they traded for him. In fairness to Dallas, they were mocked when they gave up a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. And, like, literally since he's been there, he's been very, very good. For him and Dak um, have clearly a good chemistry. They're both very young. I get it's a lot for a receiver, but in two years also, like, it's going to probably be not, like, a top-eight receiver contract anymore at that point. So that's just kind of the cost of doing business, I think, to maintain your core. Yeah, but it affects their ability to sign Dak. And whether they want to sign I Dak think, or yeah. not is a whole other story. But I, it, they will they will sign him, and we will, again, ask ourselves, how are they affording all these contracts? Um, but the other thing also that, hap- that um, made me think to say was when you even started answering that question, you had a long pause. And then, like, I, when I was thinking about the question – it, it was not an obvious answer that came to me. I, I had to think about it. And I ended up probably taking the easy road and just going flowers because it's hard to really say what was a bad move. Like maybe overpaying for Amari Cooper, if that's like the worst offseason move, that's that's debatable. So I, I had the same reaction as you. It well, was not an easy one. Well, that, that transitions to our New York Giants, our beloved New York Giants. Um, how do we feel about what they did? so far uh, going into the draft. Uh, I know they, they've they never drafted linebackers early except for Lawrence Taylor. He turned out pretty good, so maybe they should try that again sometime. Um, signed a couple of guys in free agency. What do you think about their free agency so far? So it kind of seems like two years ago they they had the free agency where they, Betcher was the new defensive coordinator and they just signed a bunch of guys from Arizona. And this offseason, they just signed a bunch of guys from either New England or Green Bay, where the their new defensive coordinators from Patrick Graham are. He, he was like the linebackers coach there two or three years ago. And they signed two linebackers from Green Bay. I thought they might be in the Byron Jones sweepstakes. Um, obviously, he got a huge contract. From Miami. Well, they gave so money James, to the other corner, the guy from so Carolina. So James Bradbury is good. I think he's good. Um, obviously I don't watch a lot of Panthers games, uh, but he was played a lot of man and that division has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Mike, um, Thomas, Michael Thomas. Right. Uh, so he obviously went against those guys. So any numbers even you're looking at, I mean, who are the giants corners have been going against Cooper and like Nelson Aguilar. So, uh, He's been up against the good guys. So I like Bradbury. Blake Scary Martinez. Terry. Terry McClellan from right. Washington. He, he's good. He's good. He is good. Um, Blake Washington Martinez, is not good. Right. Um, Blake Martinez, 
I didn't realize until I read it that he's actually led the NFL in tackles total over the last three seasons. However, that's not me saying that I like that signing so much. Um, from what I've read, a lot of it was making tackles down the field or just nothing like behind the line or, or he, he can't really cover that well. So that one I'm a little more skeptical about. Um, Ten million a year seems like I would hope he could be better than than what I've read, and not uh, get obliterated not, by a tight end running seam routes because right. we yeah. all know that's coming. So right, I don't know. Like every year, like okay, what have they done to fix that error or that problem every year that they can't cover tight ends? Nothing. Um, so maybe they will do that uh, in the first round. Who knows? You would think that a team that employed Bill Belichick as a defensive coordinator once upon a time, Belichick, who loved tight ends, right, and always has and was on this years before, you would think that something would have trickled down and they would have realized that it's important to have linebackers who can cover. But they haven't had one in what seems like 10 years. Yeah, Um Right. The last really good linebacker they had, in my opinion, Antonio Pierce, was a free agent. Uh, and, yeah, they uh, not since LT. Um, but so what would you like them to get, do in the draft? So uh, before I get into the draft, one random signing that I did like that kind of flew under the radar was they signed Nate Ebner, who is a special teams guy uh, from the Patriots. Totally, only plays on special teams. But he's one of their core guys, obviously Joe Judge, their Patriots special teams coordinators. So I, I, I like him signing a guy like that. He's 31, so he's, I think he's been on the patch for eight years or something like that. Um, and if you're on the patch for that long, specifically on special teams, I will assume you are good at special teams. So I like that uh, very random under-the-radar signing. In the draft— right, he, Hold really, on. He, you know, he's got yeah. winning habits. He's seen That's right. winning before. That's good. Those things translate. You would think. I'm all, for, I'm all for a coach taking special teams seriously because I feel like the Giants special teams has been below average for many, many, many years. I can't remember the last time we had a punt return for a touchdown. Just, uh, just even there were, I weren't, there were random things last year where you just got like out smarted out coach they ran their punt team on but then their offense on the punt team didn't know like there were like random Shermer situations that he couldn't uh handle um so he was he was a buffoon (laughs) Um, but in the draft I really have one desire that's all I want to see and I'll be happy with the outcome and I just feel like they're set up so nicely to trade down I don't care if it's trading down one spot to five or trading down to, I wouldn't go obviously too low, but like top 12 and still get one of the, the, the top three or four tackles. Um, so if you trade up down to whatever, eight or something, you're probably getting your top two, one of your top two or Simmons. And if you went down from four to 10, you're picking up, this year's second, next year's first, like you, it's so easy to. Uh, there, there's no reason they have to make a pick at four. If they stay at four, it'll be obviously a choice of theirs between Simmons and probably any offensive lineman they want, which is a, a nice choice. 
My or may question. or maybe the corner from Ohio State. So I saw I, that I, a little bit. I, I would have thought that more before they signed Bradbury to a big right. contract and last year obviously drafting DeAndre Baker in the first round. So I feel like they're not they don't want they're to not make that, go that high of a commitment. But Simmons also like they just signed these two linebackers. Sim or uh, right, um, Blake Martinez, another guy from Green Bay, a fackerel who I just, I'm not going to opine on because I've never seen him play. Um, so I don't know if they would then also draft Simmons. I don't know if they think four is too high for like a linebacker, I guess. Um, but that's like you trade down to seven or eight, you're getting basically Simmons or a tackle, or if not Simmons, then definitely one of the top two tackles. So it just seems like Gettleman's never traded down in any round in any draft if there is ever a time where I, it would just make so much sense, even if you trade down one spot to five with Miami, you pick up Miami's second rounder uh, this year, which is thirty six or whatever for one spot. Like even that, I would do in a heartbeat. So that, okay, that's my so goal. as you mentioned, Gettleman never trades down, but let's yeah. say that they were in the market to trade down. Who? What teams are in the market to trade up? Because you're only really trading up if you like the QBs, right? That's the logic. Right. Now, yeah. is this QB class trade up worthy? Because Joe Burrow is going to go one probably. Right. And so the wild card is Tua. So if Tua doesn't go two or three, which he may, do the Giants even have an avenue to trade down for – you know, for another team that's looking for a QB because – and I, I, I'll yeah. give you the floor because – and I guess just from the little that I've read, like Justin Herbert, is he trade-up worthy? The guy Love from uh, – what's his name? Was it Nevada? I'm not a college football expert. Uh, yeah, no, me neither. Jordan Love, no. is he trade-up worthy at that spot? Like like who who are the teams that are willing to trade up? So I really don't see Washington drafting a quarterback. Uh, that would really surprise me. Um, so I think they are. I think they're just going to take Chase Young, like everyone thinks. Detroit at three. Now that I feel like that's the wild card team because they could stay put and they have a need at corner and Okuda's there, but that could, they're not going to take a quarterback. I don't think. And that could be a spot where teams try to get up for. So right. that well, couldn't you see Detroit big... taking to a releasing Stafford and Stafford going somewhere else? Uh, I don't know what the cap hit would be of that. If that would be even viable or not, that would mm -hmm. surprise me. Also, um, I guess we had, we get news like that. Nah, that would happen already because they would they would have released them already. They wouldn't release them in in June where everyone's got a quarterback already. I don't think they would do that. That would really, that would surprise me more than the Redskins doing something weird. Um, but so Miami at five, they obviously could trade up to four uh, or three. But they would Tua. only want to do so if Tua was still on the board. Yeah, so I don't think Tua is going to go top two and three. Three, I, I like that's that to me is the wild card team. Otherwise, let's say the Lions take Okuda, so now the the QBs are still there. Miami could want it. The Chargers could take a quarterback. I, the Panthers, I wonder if there's a way to, like, 
get out of Bridgewater's contract after one year, and if, would they take a quarterback? I don't know. They, they seem to be rebuilding, kind of. Um, Jacksonville. They just signed Robbie Anderson. They just signed Bridgewater. Yeah. I don't know what's I know. going on. I don't think there. so. I don't think they would. But Jacksonville, they have Gardner Minshew. He's their quarterback. They wouldn't take one in the first round if, if they fell in love with Herbert or, or someone. Um, so I think there's a few teams down there. I wonder even if I if I'm looking more down Jets Raiders Raiders could definitely wanna they do crazy things they could trade up for a quarterback. Sure. The, Why the not? interesting thing is that this draft process there's not going to be any player visits or t- or interviews, which is I feel like a huge factor. What in do you the mean Zoom? Process. Zoom, bro. That, it's you you. Zoom is you're not getting a feel for the person's presence. Then you know, it's you can get a little bit, but you could also be a different person. I feel like on a video conference than how you see him in person. Um, and, and yeah, I guess I guess that's it's going to be different. That's why I think I don't know if you just saw that the draft was announced. It's staying as it will be a month from tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently the GMs were trying to push it back because I feel like they're. They're like, oh shit! Now we have to like really rely on our film study, and our opinions are going to be that much more valuable. Um, oh, so they're going to actually have to do their jobs properly. Right, right. Oh, okay. I don't feel so bad for you. No, I mean, I, I, I take that. I mean, I'm just being sarcastic. The, drafting in the NFL is so hard. Right, and here's the thing, though, for the draft. So if they trade down. And I wouldn't, I, I try, last year was just an exception because Daniel Jones was just whatever. So I was, did not want them to draft him, but I typically try not to get upset about, or have, or like, actually I always get happy not to get upset if I like didn't want someone because I don't know anything about college football. So they take a lineman who I've formed an opinion in my head based on articles is like the third best. And there were the other ones available. I'm not going to be like, oh, I can't believe they took that guy. He's supposed to be a project or something like that. I don't know anything. So I'll be happy as long as he trades down. I will definitely be happy. If he He's stays not going to trade down, Shy, yeah. because this guy doesn't. He's going to do. trade up to two and take a running back. Oh, God. <laughs> don't don't yeah. even. Okay. So actually, I did want to ask you one thing before I let you go. Yeah. Um because you mentioned trade up to two. The big hoopla was about Chase Young and the Giants playing the tankable with the Redskins, the last game of the season. And yes. if the Giants should have won the game or not. What say you? Were you so, so upset yeah. that the Giants won that game to I get was, them out of that I draft was, spot? I was not so upset. I can't upset after they win a game um, especially because I I mean I guess it went to overtime here's what I'm upset about now that you just brought up that game that the Redskins did not freaking go for two at the end of the game to just end it there of Who course an extra point to go to overtime in week was it week set, uh, 16 or 17 I don't even 17. remember no no week um, 16 it was because it, it was because it was my yeah. NF, it was my fantasy football championship week and i had daniel jones and saquon barkley and i still lost 90 yards or something to to tie the game with a second left and you kick the extra point that was furious 
So I root for them to win. I was happy Daniel Jones. I think he had four touchdowns that game or something. Five. He played well. I needed all Five. of those points. Also, if you recall, the overtime touchdown was Caden Smith one-on-one against Landon Collins. You can't fault the Giants for scoring in that situation. Here, here's my take on the situation, right? And I know, and everybody seems to love Chase Young. He's the best player in the draft. I mean, I'm not a college football expert. I've watched like three games of his. He did squadoosh against Clemson in his playoff game. And Clemson had has apparently NFL talent all across the offensive line. Kind of concerning, but whatever. I, I, I can't have a, a major opinion there. Um and, and call me old-fashioned, but for a young quarterback to on the road to win a game, like, you have to learn how to win, right? You have to learn how to win. So am I upset that they lost to screw their draft position? No, because ultimately it's going to ride on if Jan- Daniel Jones knows how to win games eventually. And, right. and that's where I stand. Like, there's... You're ex- you can't have an excuse that, oh, we could have been picking two if the guy you pick at four anyway isn't good. Like, you have the fourth pick. You can pick someone who ends up being awesome. Don't, don't give me that. Well, we could have been in two. So, but the two, I think if they were picking second, they would just, like what I said about trading down would be multiplied by 100 because I, it wouldn't make, I guess they would take Chase Young at two and that would be the whole point of it. I wonder... If they had the second pick, would we want them to just obviously take Chase Young or to trade down and get a stockpile of picks? Probably Chase Young. Well, so, we don't have that option. Yeah, we don't have that option. Four um, one last thing. Enough. One last thing. Any chance that they get out of this Leonard Williams contract and sign Clowney? Oh, God. No. Uh, no, they're not going to. He's not going to pull a Norman on Leonard Williams. Uh, I, I don't even want to speak. That's, that's the thing. Like Leonard Williams isn't even bad. He's he's fine. They just the amount that they have invested in a guy who's fine in a position where they actually have young talented players, like a third round pick, a fifth round pick, and sixteen million dollars for one season, or if they whatever do a longer one, more money. It's just so much money and and the fact that they could have just signed him anyway in free agency or any one other defensive lineman who's as good as him for less. So just the whole – but he's fine. He's a good player. It's just the way they have him on the team is so backwards thinking and dumb and so obviously dumb. But uh, no, they're not going to get it. I would be very surprised if they got out of that. Because of course not. All right. Well, anyway – Shy Elberger, this was nice to actually talk about sports, even though there's no sports on. Uh, always a pleasure talking to you about the Giants. We'll probably be frustrated with them next season in some capacity. But until then, we're going to wait this out. And obviously, we're going to reconvene ar- around the time uh, the NFL season starts. Yep, yep. If you asked me two weeks ago, would I, am I concerned about football in September? I would have said no. And now, like, I don't think this will be going on in September, but if everything else gets pushed back a little, everything, including the season, would have to also. The draft isn't, but say like training camp or preseason. So I'm curious how that's going to unfold. I'm nervous. 
I think we'll be okay. Anyway, Shai, this was a pleasure. Thanks so much, man. Really, really, uh, really a pleasure as always. I'll speak to you soon. All right. See ya. See you. All right. Thanks again to um, recurring guest Zach Weiner to uh, grieve about Tom Brady uh, and Shai Elberger to talk a little bit about uh, other things going on at NFL Free Agency. Uh, one quick shout out before we go. I wanted to uh, say good luck to uh, my cousin Kobe. He's actually a Pats fan over in Israel, entered the Israeli army today. Uh, big shout out to him. We love you, buddy. Uh, stay safe. And uh, with that said, that's episode 74 for the love of the game. Take us out. K.I. Double. The man from all the shit that he go through. Y'all ain't nothing adjacent. After I cash in, it's really no justification of how I'm going to change the game. So don't get out of line, because this little nine and change your frame. What up? The time to talk is up, so bring the heat like time is over. Ooh. Why you running your mouth and creeping up over your shoulder? Ooh. A gun, a knife, a bat, a brick, anything I can get my hands on. All my bluff start acting up and I'll leave you underground Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.